Hi, I'm Amber Cook. Welcome to my podcast, The Dragonfly Connection. Join me every Wednesday for open, honest, inspiring, and healing conversations with people who face their own health and life challenges, worked through them, and now are on a mission to help you live a healthier, more fulfilling life. My hope is that at each episode leaves you more empowered and inspired, no matter where you are on your life and healing journey. Grief can often feel like being quarantined. Now, it's even more so. Grieving is hard and isolating, even at the best of times, and unfortunately, we are far from the best of times. That's a quote from a piece written by my guest today, Kevin Ringstaff, founder of PetCloud, grief support services for pet loss. Now, if you're not a pet owner, that's totally okay. This episode is focused on grief in general, the stigmas around it, the process, and ways to help ourselves and help others. Recently, I've had to move through the grieving process once again, not due to death this time, but due to the end of a close relationship with someone I've known most of my life. So it's definitely a very big loss to me. It feels really sad. And during this process, I've reflected back on this conversation many times And I am very grateful for Kevin's wisdom. Kevin has been a student of grief for many years. He's been through several grief certification programs, and he's currently studying to be a board-certified hospital chaplain. He spends his days talking about grief, creating activities and products around grief, and listening to grief stories from people all over the country. And he loves teaching people about all the different aspects of grief, including the humor. Yes, humor. You heard me right. You'll hear more about that in just a few minutes. PetCloud is Kevin's first company created to help those who are going through the loss of a pet. A direct link to his website will be in the show notes, of course. And he's currently seeking stories about pet loss for his upcoming podcast. If you're interested, you can connect with Kevin through his website or on social media. Kevin has another company called Grieving at Work, created to help teach management how to better support grieving employees in the workplace, both very much needed in today's world. And as usual, all the links to Kevin will be in the show notes. If you'd like to connect with him and other podcast guests more intimately, join us in my private Facebook group, The Dragonfly Connection. Hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. This episode is sponsored by HealingWays.com. Find a holistic wellness professional and resources to help you on your healing journey. That's HealingWaze.com. So your focus is on pet loss and we'll briefly chat about that more towards the end of our conversation. But today I want to talk a lot about grief in general and searching, I don't know, I'm going to call it researching, but stalking you online, whatever you want to call it. I I saw that you wrote, you write some blog posts and you wrote one on medium two years ago called pandemic grief. And as I read through that, I mean, it's still totally relevant today, unfortunately. So uh, I want to quote one of the things you said in that article that I loved, and that was, grief can often feel like being quarantined. Now it's even more so. Grieving is hard and isolating, even at the best of times. And unfortunately, we are far from the best of times. And again, unfortunately, (laughs) we're still feeling that right now. So I am really excited to talk about grief as someone who has experienced boatloads of it before the pandemic and during the last couple of years. And I know that a lot of people listening are, are feeling that as well. I know there's always, always more to learn. So welcome. 
Thanks for being here to share your wisdom. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this is going to be fun. I'm excited Mm -hmm. to talk with you. You're just, Mm -hmm. you have a great energy about you. So I think this is going to go well (laughs) and the time's going to fly by. So I love the optimism. (laughs) Always, unfortunately, sometimes, unfortunately. All right. So before we talk about grief, though, I want to, I want to know a little bit more personal things about you. Where are you at? Like okay, so I'm located in San Francisco right now. Okay. Are you native to the area or? No, I'm originally from Tennessee, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Oh, okay. I came out here three years ago, just in time for the pandemic. Yes, you did. Shelter in place in the world's most expensive city. Right. Oh my God. How has that been? That's been interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's I'm... been lonely, really. Yeah. Right. It's it's hard to go out and you know, especially when you're in a new city, you probably have, you know, a dozen friends and that's mm-hmm. it. And it's hard to go out and meet new people now because well, everyone every face is covered. You can't have yes. real conversations like that anymore. Yes. I have moved twice during the pandemic and not across the country, but just in new cities and you know, new neighborhoods. And I feel that. So yeah, being in a new state. Yeah, I feel for you. And you're not alone, I'm sure. So yeah, that's hard. So I want to ask a really important question now. And that is, I bet growing up in Tennessee was very interesting. Tell me something about tell me something about growing up in Tennessee that that you think is sort of unique. Well, for me, I kind of grew up apart from a lot of people. You know, I grew up a um, vegetarian. Mm, didn't have Tennessee. a lot of friends. Okay. Uh, I grew up Seventh-day Adventist, wow. which is sort of like a, a, a Christian who follows a Sabbath, like the Jewish Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Right? And so every Saturday was like a holy day for us. And I didn't, I couldn't go out with friends and anything like that. So I spent, I spent an enormous amount of time in my head, mm-hmm. just uh, thinking, creating, and uh, just spending my time that way. Mm. Did you feel as if, in your community, you fit in? When I got to high school, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I sort of went to like a uh, boarding academy. You know, it was a Mm. religious boarding academy, which would have been super good because I would have been the stereotypical uh, geek who got beat up all the way through high school. That would have been me, that role. Mm, Okay, so your parents saved you and sent you away. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. I bet you have a lot of stories, but we can't talk about all your boarding school stories, but I bet there's stories even at a religious boarding school. I'm sure mm-hmm. it's a, a very different experience. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to chat about that another time. So we'll just move on then. At one point you said, you know, that there's even, you know, humor, there's all kinds of different things to be found in grief. And it's great that you like to talk about it because we know people don't. I want you to share something you know, I just want you to let everyone know why you feel qualified, I guess, to help others through the grieving process. Like, what's your story? Well, so my, my story is like wildly (laughs) different than you might expect. Okay. I I was a, um, a computer scientist, a data scientist really. And, you know, I spent all my days just programming and creating stuff like that, but really unhappy in the job that I had. Mm. And then, you know, I had a loss of a pet, you know, my first cat, Henry Fats Rothschild. No, he, uh, <laughs> everyone laughs when I say I that know, name. No, it's so good. <laughs> How could yeah. you not? Okay, so Henry. Yeah. yeah, so he ran away, which is like a different kind of loss, right? Mm-hmm. 
it's that loss without any kind of closure. And, and really I, I didn't grow up learning to talk about grief, Mm -hmm. right? We didn't talk about anything hard growing up. So it was, I just held on to it, kind of push it down. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's only so long you can do that before that just start going out into other areas of your life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I eventually stumbled across the Association of Pet Loss and Bereavement. And, you know, that's where I got my first certification in grief. Oh, okay. All right. And, you know, just going through that and looking at it, there's not a lot of uh, people who do this. There was Mm -hmm. a huge opportunity for it. And a lot of people just not being served, really. And that's why I started Pet Cloud. Yeah. When did you start Pet Cloud? Is in 2016. Okay. So it's been a while. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you, in your application, you said you used for your own grieving, the grief recovery method. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with that. Is- uh, that's another certification program I went through. Oh, okay. They've been around since the seventies or eighties wow. and they just do uh, grief in general. Right. But they have mm-hmm. a focus too on, on pets, but yeah. you know, the techniques that they talk about when you were going through grief, you know, acknowledging it, saying, I'm sorry, I forgive you, I love you, and goodbye, mm-hmm. right? You know, having, going through that process and just having a little more structure around grief. Yeah. You know, that's what that program taught me. Mm, nice. Okay. So you feel as if learning these things really helped you move through the grieving process oh, yeah. yourself. Like, yeah. I, like when, when we go through that training, we, we pick our a, a, a grief that we personally have. Mm-hmm. I know I had a lot of them. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I picked the one I was holding onto the most and I let go of that. Mm-hmm. And it is so freeing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. To let go of it because that's, yeah. I'm happy you said that because you can let go of grief. Like, I mean, there's a process to move through but you can actually let go of it. It doesn't have to be something you hold on tight to. I mean, it will probably yeah. always affect you in some way, but you don't have to hold on to it tight. You can let it go. Yeah. You can set it free and then set yourself free. We never stop missing them. Yeah, that's true. Right. By getting over, I don't mean like we never stop thinking about them, you know, you know, caring about them and, you know, just wanting them in our lives, mm-hmm. but it's not always painful. Yes. Right. And that very specifically is what I want people to let go of. The pain. Right. Yeah. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But you mentioned this before, um, that you weren't taught to talk about grief and that it is hard for people to talk about grief. Why do you think that it is so hard for us to talk about it? Well, we're not taught how to grieve. Yeah. There's multiple combinations in that. But when we think about how did we learn how to grieve? (laughs) It's not a subject we learn in school or even in religious organizations or our parents don't even teach us. Mm -mm. Our parents teach us how to potty, but not what to do. Like when we lose something very, that means a lot to us. How do we take care of ourselves and go through it? Mm -hmm. Right. So the first thing is like, we're not taught. Yeah. And so when we do have grief, which every single person will, right. Like, what do we do with it? You know, like we're expected to suddenly have this master's degree in learning how to manage grief when we haven't even been to elementary school. Right. Yes. And we just we just flail and do all these other things to try to cope with it. And, you know, the other thing is that it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. and society doesn't like it. (laughs) Right. We don't like things that make us uncomfortable. Yes. We like to run away from things that make us uncomfortable. Yeah. Cover them up. Just put put something over that and run away. Turn your back. Fold this over, put it in this nice little corner. Tuck that away. Well, and do you think that it's, that it is also hard. It's also hard to hear people talk about grief for a lot of people. Right. So that makes as the person delivering the grief where it makes it hard because you know other people are also feeling uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Just this cycle, this whole like swirling of uncomfortableness around it. Yeah, it's the hardest thing in the world is to hold space for someone mm-hmm. because we want to fix the grief. Yes. We want to go in someone's life and just make it better for them. Right. And so we try to say things and do things to make it better, but we can't say or do anything. Mm-hmm. that's going to fix it right so we just hold that space yeah yeah and so you're someone that can help hold that space for people yeah nice nice we need more of you in the world so with your experience with yourself and helping other people what are some common reactions or symptoms that show up when someone's grieving well we started the conversation talking about isolation mm-hmm. life in the world lasts with you cry and you cry alone right Mm. yeah Yeah. we've been taught that we need to go and grieve alone I'll just give give her some time she'll she'll go cry and be all right Mm -hmm. like they just need some time alone or staying busy Mm -hmm. take your mind off of it yeah uh again trying to run away uh, (laughs) you know fatigue Mm -hmm. I talk a lot about the energy of grief and how much it does. It takes a lot of energy to grieve. We don't have space in our lives anymore to deal with everything else like we used to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. we're more annoyed easily. Things take longer because we're distracted. Mm-hmm. I talk about the fog of grief, you know, feeling like, you know, like just walking yeah. around in a fog and we're going to bring it back to present. I'm seeing that in a lot of people right now, that fog, the fatigue, I don't think a lot of people realize it's grief even, you know, I mentioned that I've talked to people about that and I don't think people realize that we're grieving like collectively and individually. We're just now beginning to process what's happened Mm -hmm. two years ago. Mm -hmm. No, not only the pandemic, but, you know, saying, saying goodbye to people uh, remotely Mm -hmm. missing birthdays, you know, our whole lives, we've had you know uh uh the whole capital things and the race wars and not wars but yeah yeah it's so like so all the stuff that's coming up and we're holding on to it and right now it's only coming out in anger Mm -hmm. like when everyone's shouting there's no one listening yeah i'm sure you know why it's all coming out as anger right now anger is more comfortable than grief Mm. okay especially for men right yeah a lot easier to be angry because when we're angry we feel more in control right and grief and death takes control from us Mm -hmm. so that's another reason why it's so scary right because you are giving up control interesting yeah and i believe you it is an easier emotion for sure um also you know i've heard that anger comes out of repressed or stored depression or other, you know, other, like the sadness feelings that maybe we're not dealing with. Yeah. 
Interesting. But, you know, now, now we do a lot of other things to cover up that grief, like uh, binge watching. Yeah. How much more TV do you watch? How much oh, more man, I have watched <laughs> more TV in the last couple of years than I think I had in my life. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know we're not alone. Are you guilty of I mean, that, Kevin? <laughs> no, I, I've watched a considerable more amount of TV. <laughs> yeah, it's like that numbing out. It is. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily bad, right? But the problem is, is that we do it every single day now because we're in the habit of doing it. Mm-hmm. We haven't processed any of this grief. Yeah. You know, they say for, you know, every one person who dies, there are nine people who mourn them. Mm-hmm. We've had, what, 800,000 people? Yeah. You know, well, just from COVID. We're not talking about like regular death heart disease, cancer, you know, all those other deaths are in there too, that we're not properly mourning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My grandmother died last year and we didn't have a funeral. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. I've heard that from a lot of people. That's really hard. And just grieving the losses of people that are still living, but, you know, relationship, I know, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. huge right now, how many relationships are ending, you know, friendships and romantic relationships and family members over all the chaos of the last couple of years. I mean, that's, that's grief as, as well. Yeah. That's hard loss. Like you said, when your pet, when Henry, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Ran yeah. away. I mean, it's, a, you know, the same kind of thing. You're, you're just, you're losing people that, or pets that, you know, you're used to seeing, used to having a relationship mm-hmm. with, and that's, that's really hard. So what have you done personally to help yourself since your grandma died a year ago in the midst of all this chaos what have you done to help yourself move through that grieving process I do a lot of writing okay well you know I write every morning I I know I started that this year you know every day I write nice and you know I talk to a lot of people though Mm -hmm. like I mean that's that's my industry though Right. So I get to talk about, you know, my losses all day. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not painful anymore because I've worked through that. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's really helpful. Yeah. So how should someone go about because I'm with you, I I have no problem now talking about my losses. It's just a matter of fact. I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, and, and I can even laugh. Like you said, you know, there's going to be humor. I can, you know, I say something. I say something that really throws a lot of people off and I'll say it now is people will complain about their mothers, how, you know, they have to call their moms or, and I'm like, well, one of the perks of having a dead mom is, (laughs) and and it really hits people hard. (laughs) I mean, it just is. Yeah. You got to find the humor. So for people. funny. Right? And it makes other people awkward too. And we can just let them be awkward. Okay, there we go. We're going to let them be awkward. Anyone who heard that that feels awkward, we're going to let you be awkward. Just breathe through it. Breathe through it. It's only awkward the first two or three times you do it. The yeah. first two or three times you cry in front of another human being if you haven't done that as an adult. Mm-hmm. It's and then it's the like two or three times. You just, you've turned on this entire other side of you that's been turned off forever mm-hmm. and you can see it in other people a lot more easily then yeah so how can someone go about 
talking about it. I mean, they don't have to be like you and I, they don't have to get up. They don't have to get on social media and talk about it. They don't have to get up on stages and talk about it. Be just talking about it helps. So, you know, what are some ways, I guess, you know, obviously talking with a counselor or grief support person is helpful, but yeah. What are some other ways? They just uh, find a friend, like someone who can just hold that space. And if we don't have one, we can even just like, um, you know, instruct our friends how to do that too. You don't have to say anything. <laughs> this is what you say to them. You just, okay. just listen. So just tell them, I'm going to talk to you about my grief. And we're like, do, do you care if I talk to you about something that's been weighing on me? And like, I, I don't need you to say anything. I just, I just want to just talk out loud for a minute. Would that be all right? Mm, okay. Nice. And two or three minutes, and you'd be surprised how long that feels when you're the one talking. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so let's speaking of what we say to other people and how we help other people when they're going through a grieving process. What are the things that we say? I you said this in your in your application. The terrible things we say to each other in grief. Yeah. The well-meaning but terrible. So what are yeah. they? Uh, at least they're not in pain anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'll be better in time, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. The Lord that gives doesn't give you anything more than you can handle. <laughs> yeah. When one door closes, another window opens. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're young; you can get back out there again. Are you going to get another dog or cat? Yes. And even somebody who feels I know a little bit more about the grief process than others, I for sure have been guilty of saying those things. Yeah, I have too. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know until we know. Right. Right. Like it's our yeah. natural instinct is to open our mouths and say something. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's what that is. That's where all these phrases come from. This desire to fix, to take away. Yeah. How can you have some self-control and like, and not say those things? And what are some good things to say yeah, that so are like, helpful? We- when we say those things, we're trying to make them feel better, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Right. But we can't do that. And a lot of the things we're saying are intellectual. Yeah. Oh, you'll, you'll feel better in time. Oh, at least they're not suffering anymore. Right. Those are intellectually true, right? You're most likely going to feel better, you know, in time mm-hmm. and they're not suffering. They're in a better place. You know, whatever you believe there, right? that's, that's all true. Yeah. You know, but it, it doesn't like, address how you're feeling you know they're gonna find better place that's fine but i'm here i'm suffering mm-hmm. right and that's what's not being addressed when we're talking of all these other things yeah do you feel like there are stigmas to grieving and i know there's probably a lot for men but you know in general yeah. well th- there are for uh, uh men like like you talked about i talk mm-hmm. a lot about how you know, the, the machismo culture, the, the be strong, don't grieve. Well, and, and that's even for uh, women to be mm-hmm. strong. Don't, um, uh, don't show how you're feeling, uh, in front of your kids, oh, you know, yeah. be strong for your families, be strong for like, don't show other people at work how you're doing. Cause it's going to make you look weak, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I did that for a long time personally you know I was a single mom and going through a lot of grief and I just stuffed it all in there like oh yeah cry for a minute 
what are the steps? What am I, what am I supposed to do? What, pro, what is this process? Yeah. There's grief, there's anger, you know? And I would just go every time something would happen, somebody would die or whatever. I just like, okay, I can move through these fast. I have work to do. I'm a parent. I can't <laughs> sit around and cry for a year. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, it caught up with me. <laughs> yeah. As it does. It really does. And so like, yeah. when it does, we can just allow give ourselves that same compassion we would give someone else. Mm-hmm. Right. It's okay to feel whatever we feel. Yeah. Right. No matter what, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we've talked about all kinds of differing grief, right? And all grief is valid. It like is. Everyone grieves at a hundred percent and it's yeah. all different. Yeah. And we can't judge other people. You know, we like to compare, right? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> my grief's worse than yours. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not true. Yeah. But what are some other myths about grief? I know you listed two in that blog, but I would love to have you, you know, tell yeah, me uh, some of the biggest myths and, and why uh, time heals all wounds. Mm-hmm. You've ever talked with someone uh, who's older from a different generation, right? About something that they've lost a long time ago, maybe the war, maybe, and you get that thousand yard stare, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. that pain is still there. It hasn't gone anywhere. And it's sometimes it's been decades. Mm-hmm you know, 30, 40 years and we're still there. You are saying, I hope you're saying there is a way for them to heal that pain now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like how in a lake, it, like all the mud settles on the bottom mm-hmm. or like how, when you break your leg, right. And if you don't go to a doctor, right, it might heal improperly mm-hmm. and you're going to walk around your whole life with a limp, right. And, but you can fix it. What's the doctor going to have to do to fix it? Going to have to break your leg again, mm-hmm. which is going to hurt. He's going to set it right. And then the healing begins. And then, then you can walk. Yes. It's exactly like what it feels like when you have to, when you have to finally process grief that right. you didn't, that is exactly what it feels like. All right. So reopening okay. that wound. Yeah. It's hard. Awful. It is. And so I'm hoping people listening you know, maybe they've already buried some of that grief and that is going to be more painful to bring up, but moving forward won't be burying that grief any longer because just time doesn't heal all wounds. Right. You're right. What are some other myths? Uh, So we already talked about grieving alone, Mm -hmm. placing the loss. That's a huge one. Oh yeah. You mentioned that like find a new partner, find a new pet. Yeah. Uh, There are plenty of fish in the sea. Other things that we say, Oh, mm-hmm. don't worry. You're young. You can try again to have another kid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And that happens again, because it's not just death. We're talking here. Yeah. The right. end of a relationship, even a job. Yeah. That's something yeah, sales job. you'll get a new one. You'll get right back up. You know, you lose your house. Oh, don't worry. Yeah. Always <laughs> look on the bright side <laughs> of life. <laughs> that causes so many problems, especially it when it comes to grief. It's, it's, uh, it's not real. Yeah. And it's just uh, denying it. And it's denying ourselves the healing power that comes with grief. Mm-hmm. Grief is mm-hmm. the death is the world's best teacher. Yeah. It instantly shows us what's the most important. Everything else falls off. Yeah. Right. And that's why it hurts so much. And, you know, when we, when we look at that, like when, when I've had losses and, you know, what I take from that is this present moment. 
is the only thing we have. You know, and that just is more proof that the last couple of years have been filled with grief because you hear a lot of people saying that that is a realization that's happened to them over the last couple of years. And in fact, even personally, I say that's been the biggest, like, I would say, aha moment. Can't worry about all the other stuff. That stuff isn't important. This, this right here, what I have in front of me and now is what I need to focus on. Hard too, because we feel like disenfranchised. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's hard when all this death and everything happening over and overseas and all that jazz, right? It's hard. It's hard to say. I'm grieving this other loss, this like a relationship loss. Yeah. Right. Like, but that your, your grief is still valid no matter what the rest of the world is doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, like it deserves to be heard. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's just a grief, you know, you mentioned it in that blog post, even of the grief of our normal, our quote unquote normalcies, our routines, our, mm-hmm. you know, the way you know, I have a kid in elementary school and like all that stuff. I mean, there's just, there was a lot of loss in that too. Loss in the routines, loss in identities. You know, I lost a business amongst thousands, hundreds of thousands of other people. Those are hard losses as well. Right. So we can't compare it. Like I very fortunately did not lose somebody. Nobody I know personally died within the last two years, but doesn't mean that the loss that I've had is any less significant in the way that impacts my life. Right. So I know that we're supposed to feel all our feelings and not just look at the sunny side of life, but I also know that we're not just supposed to wallow forever. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, cause you have to, you have to start moving through. So what are, right. what are the things that you do for, and you suggest to other people to help them move through the grieving process, like fully move through and get to that point where they're not that old person staring off, holding that pain from 50 years ago. How do you mm-hmm. move through it without, instead of just wallowing? You know, that's, that's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, in that very last grief myth is, you know, don't feel bad, mm-hmm. right? It's this idea that we need to feel a certain way. No, grief isn't an emotion, right? It's all kinds of things. It's anger, it's disappointment, sadness, despondentment, like whatever. Yeah. You know, when we feel how we truly feel, sometimes we're, sometimes it feels like we're never going to get out of it. Like we're going to, yeah. we're wallowing in it. Like, like we were, like you were talking about day in and day out. Yeah. And that's, that, that becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. But when, if we just allow ourselves to feel it, right. And just, just cry it out like five or 10 minutes is about what it takes. Mm-hmm. And then like, we can't, we physically can't cry all day. There are, there are breaks in there. We need water. <laughs> you gotta go to the bathroom, <laughs> right? Like we yeah. still have gas. Uh-huh. Like there, there are things that just like, like happen. And, but like, for instance, I have people who, who can't look at photos or videos, right? Or they, or they look at them like too much and they're just like crying and wallowing and just wanting them here. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, it's all about where we're putting our attention and our focus. Yeah. Are we focusing on the fact that they're not here? Are we focusing on what we've lost, what we're never going to have again? Right. And all of that, mm-hmm. or are we focusing on their presence? 
everything we've learned, everything we still have. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I still have all my memories from my grandmother and everything she brought to me mm-hmm. and all of my pets that I've lost and people. Yeah. So it's only been a year since you lost your grandma. Mm-hmm. You hear, you know, the right, the quote unquote right things to say are there is no time frame on grief mm-hmm. yet. <laughs> yet yeah. society shows us in so many different ways that there should be some kind of time frame. What do you say to that? So the, the definition, the clinical definition, I think of complicated grief is, you know, if six months have passed, mm-hmm. right, and your loss is still affecting your daily life, right, then, then it's complicated grief, and it's, you know, a problem of moving on and letting go. Mm, okay. Right, and, but, you know, that's, that, that time frame is different for everyone, too. Mm-hmm. You know, some people move through fast and slow, but as long as we're moving, right, as long as we take one step today, you know, I talk about journaling, like, five minutes a day, just five mm-hmm. minutes, nothing big, nothing epic. Yeah. You know, how am I feeling today? And something that sparks joy. And it's, yeah. you know, like this, this idea of going through grief is just a series of small, correct steps that we do every single day. Mm-hmm. And that takes us out you know, over time. So there really truly is no time frame. It's just that if you're still just deep in that grief after six months, it may be time to look for some extra support. Is that what you're saying? Right. Or we like, we look for support like earlier. <laughs> I, I, ideally, <laughs> yeah. like, like day ideally. one, right? D-day. right. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Um, but like we, we, we work through that grief. Mm-hmm. Like every day it sucks. It's like, like I often compare us, like our company to the police, right? Like, like everyone needs us, but no one wants us at their door. <laughs> yeah right but it's exactly. it's a needed work you have to work it's the work of grief and it sucks it's awful yeah. but we do it every day what will most likely happen to somebody if they were to just you know try to quickly move through and and bury that grief what are some things that can manifest in people's health especially if that's not addressed yeah, holding on to it or like if, if we're, um, if we use other activities to bury grief, mm-hmm. for instance, alcohol or binge watching, Netflix. like we're not as active. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, it's long-term health effects, you know, isolation is, you know, a long-term social health effect. Yeah. Right. We lose relationships with our friends and we're slowly becoming more and more alone. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. I know it can cause all kinds of mental health issues for sure. If we keep keep that inside and it's we're going to transpose it into something else either we're going to be working too hard or we're just going to go out and try to replace it Mm -hmm. you know find another relationship so we don't think about it so we're not alone yeah get another pet and maybe that can bring some joy back into our lives and maybe it does right and maybe we forget about it maybe it doesn't hurt as much but you know when time like what it really does is just separates us it doesn't hurt as much it's not as acute as sharp you know a year or so out but it's still there yeah we just cover it up yeah and as it slowly kind of eat away at you probably inside many different levels yeah Yeah, and like we could like become less open in the future 
mm-hmm. especially for relationships, right? We hold on to that. We don't trust as much. Yeah. I'm never trusting like that again. I, I don't ever want to feel like that again. Mm-hmm. I hear that a lot. I don't ever want to get another pet. I can't ever go through this. Yeah. You know, but when we heal all the way, imagine healing all the way through a relationship. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you said everything you need to say and you're right back to where you can trust 100% again. Yeah. Loss is just something we experience. It doesn't mean it has to define the rest, define or it can change us for sure. It should change us, but it doesn't have to define or quote unquote, even like ruin the rest of our lives. And I like how you said loss is an experience. It's, there are terrible things in grief, but there are beautiful things too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like well, there's a lot of laughter in our groups because like we end groups by telling stories because mm-hmm. we carry that love with us. Yeah. And that's how we get at it. We remember. Yeah. We what are it. some of the positives out of, that come, can come out of the experience of loss and moving through grief? I mean, we know the positives yeah. of moving through, but give some people some hope. <laughs> Like what are the, what's the humor and the, the <laughs> beauty that can come out of it? Well, when we lose someone, we only lose half of them. Mm. That other half of that relationship, we go forward with us. Yeah. All of those thoughts, experiences, memories, you know, they were with us, um, you know, speaking like for pets, right. They're with mm-hmm. us all day, every day, their entire lives. Yeah. Right. And that's a lot of stories. It's a lot of funny stories and a lot of great memories. And mm-hmm. like, like, for instance, thinking about back to uh, when, when you have a relationship, if you've broken up, you liked them to begin with. You had great, like, there was, so, there was some point where you're like, oh, I like this person. Things mm-hmm. are great. And you have great stories and great memories. And you can look at that and you can look at your experiences and take those treasures out of it. Yeah. And then like leave, and leave the cat turds in the sand. just leave those right there and you know we can move on from those and take the treasures with us definitely death or loss or major change doesn't erase the good Mm -hmm. that came before you're right you're definitely right so what are some good things that can be found from the loss we're all experiencing of normalcy or or before times Oh, that's a hard question. It is a very hard question. We'll see if you can answer it to the best of your ability. This is all your opinion. Well, like we're, <laughs> we're still here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? That's something. Okay. So we're here. Like if we're having these feelings, no, we're every still single alive. Thing, every experience that we've had in our lives has led up to this point, mm-hmm. which led up to that point where they came into our lives to begin with. Mm-hmm. You ever heard that expression, uh, this too shall pass? Oh, yes. (laughs) You know, people like use it a lot, a lot, a lot for things that hurt. Yeah. This too shall pass. But, you know, this joy too shall pass. Mm -hmm. You know, this happiness too will pass. And it's it's mainly just being okay with not being 100% happy all the time. (laughs) Yeah. And just, just to be a little bit, it's, it's okay to be sad and bittersweet and like grief changes us permanently. Mm -hmm. We are permanently altered. We permanently know now what's the most important. If we take that forward with us, every single other interaction is going to be that much more profound. 
Yeah. Do you think that it is possible if you are currently feeling grief to be able to support someone else in that process? Absolutely. When we share our stories, you know, we can listen to others Mm -hmm. and just hold that same space too. Remember, we're not, there's nothing we can say or do. We're, we're just there. Yeah. And it, it physically feels good to be around other people who have that same, who feel the same as you or or on the same wavelength. It does. Yeah. Grief shared is grief lessons. Do you have some kind of uh, support group? Is that what I heard you say? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Like yeah, everything online. we do is a uh, virtual. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole community, really. So just so when people come on who have lost a pet, right? Mm-hmm. They probably don't have anyone else around them who know who knows about that loss. Yeah. But suddenly they they have you know a dozen people who are going through it, and to to say the word "you're not alone" is different than to feel it and to see it with your eyes and see the tears and to know <laughs> you're not alone. That's that, that, that's what we have. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think support groups are s- so powerful for that reason. Exactly. So your grief support is specifically for pet loss, right? With pet Yeah. I, I think that's awesome. Uh, because I think if we're in a support group of just general grief, which we're kind of talking about now, mm-hmm. that's also very helpful, but yeah, I think the grief that I experienced losing my pet versus the grief I've experienced, parents I've lost, the the siblings I've lost, the family members different than the pets that I've lost. So I think it's wonder, it still hurts in different ways and just hurts, period. That I think it is wonderful that you have one specifically though for people that have pet loss. Because I also believe, and you probably know this, that pet loss is probably poo-pooed way more you know, it's, there's a lot more societal stigmas on how you're supposed to act when you've lost a pet or it's not, you know, it's just a pet, right? I'm sure you've, you personally have probably heard this Mm -hmm. or, you know, it's just quote unquote, just a pet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Obviously that again, we're going to, you don't know until, you know, take a deep breath. (laughs) That person didn't mean to say that (laughs) having a group for people that have lost pets, I think is just just awesome because and it helps with accountability too yeah right we, we, we meet six days a week wow right? every day you show up you yeah. work through it and just a little bit right just a little bit every single day that's pretty but it cool. makes a remarkable difference in just a week or two mm-hmm. nice how long have you been doing this you said you you started two, 2016 but how long has the community yeah. been gathering Oh, since, since then, I've been uh, doing okay. the online group since 2019. Oh, when I nice. moved to San Francisco to try to build this out nationally. Mm, very cool. Tell me a little bit more than about Pet Cloud. I want to know more about your upcoming podcast too. But so you have a virtual support group community. Uh, what how, what other ways do you help people through Pet? Cloud? So, like we have the uh, it's a monthly membership. Okay. And, you know, we have our daily 30 minute support groups. You know, we, it's essentially a closed social media network. Mm-hmm. So you can go on and talk to people who are going through things, similar things, talk to other, you know, old English sheepdog owners. You know, my dog, Sir William Broderick, you know, he's my sheepdog. Sir William Broderick? <laughs> uh-huh. Brody is his name. 
I love your names. What is this? What is your cat's name again? The one that's next to you right now? Uh, Ponce de Leon. Ponce de Leon. Ponce. Uh, great names you if I ever need to name anything I'm gonna be asking you because I suck at naming things and <laughs> your names are amazing epic okay so I'm sorry that was totally a derail <laughs> <laughs> so you'll you're setting up it's like a closed social media yeah well we're, we're, we're I have you know lots of videos lots of courses like specifically for instance on guilt Mm-hmm. Practically everyone who loses a pet who has to make that decision to euthanize has guilt. Yeah. And yeah. letting go of that. I and mean, we have a course on that. And, you know, we have, uh, you know, just other activities and uh, just other things to do along that just to help let go of it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Guilt is, you know, I forget that guilt is it's associated with all kinds of loss usually, but yeah, with the pet guilt you're like oh I should have seen I should have seen this earlier Um, you know if I if they come up with some kind of illness or internal injury or so that's an important component is to help people with that guilt yeah so you said you guys laugh a lot and Mm -hmm. it's just a lot of feel-good energy well it's a lot of uh sad energy too right yeah it's grief it's it's hard (laughs) yeah and you know there's a lot of stories too yeah. Sometimes there's silence. Nice. And do you do one-on-one work for? I do. People? Yeah. Okay. I like to recommend groups. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know, to be around other people. It feels good, but a lot of people like individual work and I do that too. Okay. Yeah. I like both. So I think it's mm-hmm. amazing that you offer both. So when, when do you plan to have pet cloud all put together with the, the social media piece and everything? What's your point? Well, hopefully by the time people are listening to this. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay. So it should be out there. You should be able to make a, uh, like a memorial tribute page for your pets who have passed. Nice. You know, that's always there. Very cool. All right. I will make sure and share a link to pet cloud in the show notes, awesome. but it is just petcloud.com. Is that? Dot pet. Dot pet. Dot yeah. Okay. Okay petcloud.pet and then one other plug here because this is pretty cool too you've got a podcast project in the works Mm -hmm. it's uh, the pet memory project so it Mm -hmm. sounds like it goes along with all this um, where people are going to be sharing their stories right so as as we know there's a lot of great and sad stories about pet loss and Mm -hmm. we don't really get to talk about it yeah so like every episode of that's going to have a theme like for instance guilt Mm-hmm. And we have two or three different people who share their stories on that. Nice. And, you know, it's just, you know, we have an, like an overall wrapping up thing and just a, like every episode is meant to just help us process a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking for stories. If you know of anyone who has a great pet story, we'd like to call, you know, just uh, look us up okay. at memoryproject.com and you can uh, just submit us your story. We, we listen nice. to every pitch. Oh, very cool. Okay. Yeah. Anyone listening, you hear that invite, take him up on his offer. And when do you plan on getting this podcast started? Do you have an idea yet? Uh, it's probably summer or fall. Okay. So, a yeah, few but I'm collecting day. stories now and I'm trying to find the producer. <laughs> nice. All right. Okay. Well, I am excited to see what else you have coming out for the world and addressing pet loss in a new way for people do you a lot of what else? i do yeah. is just teaching people how to talk about grief in general 
Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. okay not to be okay. It's okay to cry. And it's okay, like, just to show up for other people. Yeah. So it's okay to grieve. And as the person that's maybe not grieving, to just sit with Hold that. that space, right? Hold the space. That's yeah. the only thing we can do. And chaplaincy training, they call it presence. Oh, yeah. You you're you you're training to be a chaplain or you already are? A training. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And so will you then be qualified to hold memorial services and mm-hmm. things like, can you do that for people as well? Well, I mean, you can, I mean, anyone can do a memorial service. That's true. Uh, yeah. But the chaplain's work is mainly, you know, with the, the people who are dying in hospitals and dealing with mm-hmm. all the grief that's in that environment, mm-hmm. which is a lot. Yeah. Well, I had a, um, my brother's memorial service, we actually had a chaplain kind of be the person to facilitate the service and he was such a great guy and funny and had you know all the grief training and it was just I think extra helpful to have him kind of leading the way so Mm -hmm. um, beautiful work beautiful beautiful thank you for being here and putting this work out there into the world and sharing your experiences your own experiences and how you processed and worked through grief to help us all feel more connected and, and give us hope. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we say goodbye? Just that you can be that friend, that, that trusted confidant of someone in your life, just by holding that space, yeah. you know, and, and it's not going to ruin your day, right? <laughs> you're probably not going to think about it a half hour after you're done, but just that means the world to someone who's going through it. You know that's, that they have a friend who can just take five or 10 minutes a day. Or one time. Or one time even. Okay. <laughs> Not per day. That's, that's a little bit more of a commitment, but you right. get the idea. Like, you, like show up for the ones in, 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 that you love in your life. Yeah. Love it. And just be open and, and not try to fix things. Yeah. Which is really hard for people. It's definitely hard it for is. me. <laughs> it's hard for me. Yeah. Well, awesome, Kevin. Thank you so much. And good luck with, with le- you know, life in this pandemic. Thank yeah. you. It was my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me on. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Our stories may be different, but we all have one thing in common. We're all trying to figure out how to navigate life on this planet, and none of us have it completely figured out. No matter what you're going through in your life, just know that you are never really alone. Come back every Wednesday for more inspiration and connection, and follow me on Instagram at the Dragonfly Mama so we can stay in touch between episodes.